What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Offside Report, brought to you by the EPL Live app World Cup Edition. That's right, we're just days away from the 2022 FIFA World Cup kicking off in Qatar. And as always, it's the host nation that gets the ball rolling first up, and they're taking on Ecuador. So there's nothing like a blockbuster to get things started. But nonetheless, World Cup fever is in the air. The players are arriving in Qatar. The fans are already making some noise. And on this podcast as well, some of us are wearing our colors. I'm decked out in some green and golds. We've got Al there in his uh, retro English top from the 80s, I think it is, the 80s or 90s. No, come on. 90s. Come on, Nick. You should know where it's from. 90s. What, 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 what team do you switch? What country are you from originally? That aren't actually at the World Cup, right? Italian Nike, <laughs> one of the best World Cups ever. You guys probably won't, won't have been alive no, I, I wasn't. At, that, at that point. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Al. You should watch the, watch the highlights. I will. We'll, we'll get on that <laughs> as part of our uh, World Cup homework in the, in the lead up to the kickoff on Monday morning. Um, but nice little intro there from you, Al. Mitch. You're decked out in the maroon. I, I, I suspect you're supporting Belgium or some sort, um, but it's good to see you in some color. And uh, we've got as well Jack making his debut on uh, a non-A-League offside report episode. So it's good to have you on board, uh, Jack. And how, are you looking forward to the World Cup? I am, and uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad I got the call up. It's uh, just started to sink in, I think, that the uh, that the World mm. Cup is upon us. I can't believe Australia are playing France just next Wednesday. So um, it will be good for the talk to start to be more about the, the teams and the soccer rather than everything that's happening or been happening in Qatar the yeah. last 10 years. So, um, yeah, yeah absolutely. exciting time. Are we going to call it that? Sorry, are we going to call it that word, soccer? Yeah. <laughs> Just one, one from there. That's and and that's that's a topic yeah, that's, for debate yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. It's a um, bit of a heated topic. We we tend to stick. To- that, that we should probably save that for the A League yeah, podcast. Yeah. I reckon. <laughs> We might need to Very bring true. We've got a bit of a culture clash here, so this is going to be interesting. But um, yeah, and it, I, I think it's um, it's also starting to sink in that the Socceroos have actually made this World Cup because it looked like for a period there that we probably wouldn't. And I, I remember people saying, um, "Oh, it's it's maybe best for Australia to miss this World Cup. It might be a bit of a wake up call for them and for the sport in the country." But I just think that's the biggest load of rubbish ever. There's nothing like heading into a World Cup and um, getting excited about your country uh, being in it. And I'm just looking forward to the atmosphere when it when it all kicks off. Um, Fed Square is showing me the big screen. Up, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Mitch has got something to say there. Mitch is he, – he, I didn't want to oh, interrupt not, you there. But is he on Mitch mute? Is, he looked a bit um, – No, no. I just I – th- I thought I'd hear you out because you said a few things there that concerned me. Uh, you said there's nothing better than your country. Well, I swear six months ago you were in an Italian jersey – on Ligon Street, going, oh, I'm part of the, I'm from the best country in the world, stuff every other nation. I don't care about anybody else. And then I swear last week you're English, and now all of a sudden you're going for the Socceroos. Can you just pick one and stick with it? Um, well, I'm also born and the common, <laughs> go on. Born and bred now. So just pure allegiance is Australia, or do you have two teams? Because I really need to know this before before it starts. I can't have you hedging bets. Well, my family is from. My dad's side's from Italy, so come the Euros, yes, I think it's only right to support Italy and support some of my family members that are still over there and 
you know, if mm-hmm. Australia was competing in the Euros, Mitch, I, I'd pick Australia, put it that way, if it makes you feel better. Um, okay, in that case, I've got several teams. So in the European Championship this year, I went to Italy because they won, obviously. Um, and then in the CONCAF, I'm a big Argentinian man. Uh, there's no other nation for me anyway. Oh, sorry, not a CONCAF. Um, no, CONCAF. yeah, that's on me. Fair play. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to pick every team under the sun that keeps winning tournaments in their own, you know, sections uh, because that's what we do apparently is we have every team and we can support anyone we like. So rugby... This is one of the big problems that I have against you, Mitch. And I don't know if anyone listened to the the A-League season preview, but we need to encourage people who live in Australia to support football and and the world game. And now you are knocking a fellow friend and colleague and an Australian for being passionate and having reason to to watch – these games with, with serious interest. Just let <laughs> let Nick let, let him be passionate about it. We need to see more often. I just don't want to see, so. want to see that in I two weeks in a week's time, France is only up two 0 and he goes, "I've always been a proud Frenchman." Um, <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Um, you know, no. where's my Pinot? Mitch, 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 two seconds, mate. We're not talking about obviously the Premier League here, but when Man City are playing. True, Come when on. it comes to sports, you know, you, you say you're a massive, massive United supporter, but when City are playing, you, you're frothing at the. You know. I like Not watching good football, City. but I only own I only own a United jersey. Oh, that's a lie! I, that's I'm pretty sure good. you've got a Stoke City jersey in your closet as well. You're also that's actually a very good point. There's a Stoke City one, and behind me, I think we have another Stoke City jacket too. So, well, there you is, go. This is not fun to play for me at all. Um, no, we'll move on. No, we've got this on camera as well. So, you've just made yourself out to be the biggest fool. <laughs> we, well, sorry, before we do move on, we ha- we do have pictures of you in an England shirt. Me. No, as well, I, Mick. So anyway, that was for podcasting reasons, but I do have a soft spot for England. I do admit because a lot of um, my club's <laughs> players represent England, obviously Liverpool. And here we go. We're going to mention mention Liverpool. It's been less than that's five it. Minutes. It's there, and I hope they do have a good tournament. I really do. I, I I'm not liking the uh, the backlash that. Trent Alexander-Arnold's uh, receiving, and I hope he proves all his doubters wrong, including Mitch. So um, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit Sorry, further we, on. We've lost Mitch. Have we lost Mitch? I'm, I'm no. still here. I'm just, I'm just no, in he's... shock that it only took five minutes for Liverpool to be mentioned. He's, he's still deciding whether to wear a cap or put some hair product in. Um, and that's probably our cue to move on to some more serious topics uh, for today. And I mean, we should probably get stuck into Australia first up. Um, like I said, for a period of time, it did look like uh, the Socceroos were going to miss this World Cup. But against all odds, they made it. They uh, beat Peru in the qualifying game. And uh, they're facing two teams uh, that they faced in the last World Cup in France and Denmark. Uh, they did manage a draw against Denmark last time around. Um, lost 2-0 to France, I believe. And then we've got Tunisia, who um, I, I think is a good opportunity for Australia to get the three points. But um, we, we never expect Australia to pass the group stages. So I want to go around the grounds here and get everyone's um, get everyone's opinion on what the Socceroos' pass mark might be for the World Cup. So uh, I might start with you, Jack, actually, um, given you're probably uh, the the expert of the Socceroos team. Uh, what, what do you think the pass mark is for this side? 
Uh, I think the pass mark is probably getting uh, not finishing on the bottom of our group and getting mm-hmm. points. Um, I think Den- Denmark have an incredibly strong team and obviously mm-hmm. France do as well. Um, so, yeah, I think um, finishing third will be considered a pass mark. I know in the past it's been, oh, you know, we want to play aggressive, attacking football. Um, I don't uh, – I think rather than the style of football from – I think that will be irrelevant, and I think Arnie's just going to put players out on the park who are going to try and get um, yeah. the result. Uh, it will be really interesting. I, I think that the teams will change a fair bit across the three games, uh, and for us to have any chance of getting through to the group stages, we will need a, a draw, uh, I think, with France. Um, and then from then on, anything's possible. And getting France in the first game, I think, is the best possible um, outcome for Australia. Uh, they seem to uh, – they've still got a, such a strong squad with Kante and Pogba out, right. but um, I think that the Socceroos will be confident that they could cause an upset um, and try and really get under the, the grills of the Frenchmen in their first game that might want to think of just easing into the tournament. Um, but – yeah, there's obviously been a lot of talk about the squad and the you omissions, know, Tommy Rogic, uh, Mitch Langerak, which uh, the only – Mitch Langerak not being in the best three keepers in Australia is, is a joke. That's not the case. Well, from the only way that that makes sense is that Mitch said to Arnie, I want to I want to go but only if I'm going to be the number one keeper. Arnie says, no, you know, you're not the number one keeper. So Mitch says, no worries, don't take mm. me. Um, that's that's the only thing that makes sense to me, why he's left out of the three. Um, Marco Tilio has been brought in because Martin Boyle's not looking that um, that healthy at the moment, which is a, a concern. Uh, our centre-back pairing is probably going to be our biggest issue. I think we've got enough threats there and in, in the middle of the park we're okay, but with Kai Rolls and um, and Harry Sutar both not ha- having played much football recently, you think about the strong Socceroos teams. They've always had really strong centre-back pairings and Sainsbury in the last World Cup was a rock. Um, that's going to be somewhere where they're, they're just going to need to play out of our skin and then, yeah, who knows? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I echo your thoughts as well. I think a win is definitely on the cards and I'll handball over to you in a sec, Mitch, but like you mentioned Harry Sutar. I think he's one of the best championship defenders um, when fully fit and, you know, look, looking at the Australian team, it, it's not the strongest we've had um, by any means Um over the last, you know, decade or 15 years or so. But, yeah, you've, you've got the likes of Sutar and um, a bit of Champions League experience as well with Hrustich and um, uh, Mabil and then the experience of Lecky and Moy. It's definitely not a bad team and they, they are capable of an upset. So a win should be on the cards, you'd think, Mitch. Do you agree? Yeah, look, I think the win should come against, if it's going to come, has to come against... Um, Tunisia. Uh, I don't think. I think France, the first game being against France is interesting. I don't think they're going to be. Obviously, you look at them on a paper, and you look at them from a value perspective, as in the squad value. They're ridiculous. They're out of this world. But they've had arguably the most interrupted run into this tournament. No one's had an easy run because they've all been dumped over there with two weeks before the you know before the comp started. But they've had injury after injury within training. They've had injuries and having to keep moving around the squad leading into it. And not that Australia's been perfect and not that Australia's had this magical run. They've got these magical select players to select from, but 
the reality is this French squad's being very much chucked together and they're ch- it's constantly changing what this lineup's going to look like. To have them first up is almost a blessing because they might not be as well organised as they should be. And if there's a defensive breakdown, maybe the Socceroos could pinch an early goal and, and really put the pressure back on and make France chase. They're not going to be – this isn't the French team that rolled, you know, that one last uh, last World Cup. Mm. And, that, and that's the reality. So uh, the Socceroos – they're, you know, what we, what Australian teams are normally good at is, is they work hard, no matter what the scoreline is, no matter what you know is against them, they they work harder than the opposition. So if they can do that, football's a game where the best team doesn't always win. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the team that actually wants to be out there for ninety minutes. Yeah. But the reality is, third place in the group is where they should finish. I think Denmark going to be, I think Denmark will top the group. To be perfectly honest, yeah. um, they they got knocked out in the semi final of the Euros, and that was about Ericsson playing a role. And mm. we've all seen how pivotal Ericsson has been for the United team, and and he's coming into a very you know strong Denmark team. I expect Denmark to do really well um, and to push through. But from an Australian perspective, uh, third and some good results against Tunisia and pushing France, I think, will be really you know a step in the right direction. I think the hardest game will be against Denmark, despite the financial situation of our good friends uh, in France. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was actually mistaken before. France beat us, I think it was 2-1 last World Cup. So, and you're right, they, they, are, um, they are a different looking side. They are missing a few and we'll talk about them in a second. But Al, uh, I don't think you, you classify yourself as a Socceroos fan, so I'm not expecting an expert opinion. But do you have an outside opinion on this Australian team and do you think they're a chance of causing an upset or even making it out of the group? Um, well, yeah, I think you're pretty lucky. You guys are pretty lucky to get there in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, but it was good to get there. I think what works actually in your favor, talking about France, I know you've got, it's kind of like the group of death, haven't you? Mm. I think I, I, I agree with uh, Mitch. Denmark are pretty solid. Mm. France, though, this is, uh, I know their squad is what, worth 1.6 billion quid or something like that. <laughs> it is ridiculous. But interesting fact, right? And it works in your favour. The last four World Cup winners from Europe have all failed to progress past the, uh, the group stage of the following World Cup. So it's a big bit of a curse there as well. So you never know what will happen. Mm. Yeah. And I think with that, those uh, injuries to those, like, those key yeah. players, yeah, Socceroos have got a good chance in that first game. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I think it was Jack that touched on it, um, that th- there's probably no better time to play France than first up because that's probably when they're at their most vulnerable. Um, nerves are probably uh, kicking in. And, you know, we gave them a run for their money last World Cup and they are missing those key players. So it's Kante, Paul Pogba, Kim Pembe, um, and, and recently and Kunku as well, who's made his way out of that side due to injury. Um, so it's a, it's a different French team. It's a younger French team. Uh, very unlikely where we see um, teams go back-to-back uh, with World Cups. Um, but, yeah, they, it, uh, there's still talent oozing out of that side. They bring in Kamavinga, Chinemi, uh, Saliba and Konate in the back. It was Mane Dembele. Obviously, they've got the weapons and um, the, the quality to go deep into the tournament. So, it's it's not going to be easy by any means. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But one to keep an eye on for the Socceroos as well um, is Garan Kjol. I think he ended that A-League. Um, he ended the A-League round last week with a brace off the bench. He's been... 
just so impressive. Um, I don't think we've seen an A-League talent as um, promising as as what QOL is at the moment. And he's obviously heading to Newcastle United in January and he's a very good shout to, um, you know, light it up on the world stage. So whether he comes off the bench or uh, earns himself a start um, in that Socceroos team at some point during the group stages, he's going to be a very interesting watch and he could cause havoc because he did play against that Barcelona team in that preseason game and he did cause him some issues. So um, very exciting for Socceroos fans and uh, looking forward to it as well. Um, Gives us something to be excited about, I think, uh, going into the group stage. Um, uh, Just touching on France again before we move on do do we feel like they are a do we feel like they are a chance at winning the World Cup or is this more of an end of their cycle um, Al um, well as we said with that the amount of talent they've got mm. you know the, the cost of their squad is 1.6 billion I think they yeah they, they should should be up there really yeah um, but you never know. I mean, did they struggle in group, you know, the qualifying? I don't think that. I think a few yeah, teams did. They weren't as dominant, dominant as they were in the last World Cup. Yeah. Um, but you just, yeah, like you said, you, you, you never know. So uh, one to keep an eye on. I personally don't have them as one of my top three or four favorites due to those players, those injured players. But... Um, yeah, you still can't write them off. But one team uh, that will certainly be up there, I think it'll be a shock if they're not, um, is Argentina. Um, and obviously this is Lionel Messi's fifth World Cup, if I'm not mistaken, and definitely his last World Cup. It's, it's his last shot um, at winning that elusive World Cup, much like Ronaldo. So they'll be going at it head-to-head. Um, they'll both want to finish their careers with that trophy in their cabinet. Um what chance are we giving uh, Argentina and Messi to lifting the Holy Grail, Jack? A very, very strong chance. I think they have an unbeaten run now of, uh, I can't put the exact number, but it's it could be 20 or plus games. Like it's quite impressive and so I don't know the exact amount. But things seem to just be falling into place for Argentina. I mean, Messi's last few months in PSG has turned around. Uh, it was looking quite mm. concerning there for a while, but he's um, been playing some great football with PSG. They've got depth across the park. They've got a stable coach. Um, they've got a really good mixture of um, youth and experience, which I think them in Brazil probably have the best. Uh, like I really think this World Cup is just where a lot of teams, uh, you, you're going to see a lot of young players play a lot of minutes and really impress. And I think um, Argentina have that perfect blend. So um, I have them as, you know, Brazil and Argentina for me are the, the, the two top favourites. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they beat uh, – I, I believe they beat Brazil in the, the Copa America yeah. Cup. And, um, yeah. you know, whether that proves to be 
extra motivation for Brazil. Uh, who knows? A different tournament. Um, but yeah, that they it's it just seems to be it, it's all coming together for this storyline for Lionel Messi for Argentina. So they'll be right up there for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you're right. They did beat Brazil in the Copa America. Um, that was their first trophy since uh, 1993. Their first major trophy. Um, so that's something that's eluded Messi, and he, he managed to um, managed to uh, tick that one off. And he was also, I mean, he played out of out of his skin in that tournament. He was the joint top scorer of the tournament um, and a sister, and he was also uh, the player of the tournament, rightly so. So I feel like he's yeah he's he's got a bit of extra motivation heading into this tournament, um, and yeah, he's definitely a top candidate for all of those major awards and Argentina as well for the for the trophy. But Mitch, you're a Manchester United supporter, but. I think you're leaning more towards Lionel Messi in that Messi-Ronaldo debate. Um, I trust that that hasn't changed. But if either of those players win the World Cup, is that enough to um, overtake one another in the GOAT debate, do you reckon? Uh, well, just to refer to your first comment about am I a Messi or Ronaldo fan, to quote the great uh, Peter Krause, <laughs> if, you're, if you think Ronaldo is better, you don't know football. So, and that's that's all I've got to say. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Messi. It'll complete the debate, but then everyone will go, yeah, but he's got these world class players around him. Well, it's the World Cup, so every technically isn't every single player that's at the World Cup a world class player? Therefore, because it's the World Cup, and they're all world class because <laughs> you know they're the teams that have made the that last little bit. So that argument's mm. just I hate that argument. But no, I think Argentina are primed. This they've got a very strong squad. Uh, defensively, they've got players that are in form. I mean, you know, Martinez has arguably been one of the better defenders so far in the Premier League uh, start the season yeah. uh, for United. Obviously, there's, you know, Messi don't have to talk about. But they've got old, experienced heads as well. Like Otamendi is around that that squad. He, he knows what he's doing back there. He, you know, that type of experience is good for younger players, which, you know, he falls into that category. You go to their forwards. Yeah, they've got other players like Di Maria can do a job. La Celso can do a job. You know, there there's players that know what they're doing in big games, that know how to play, that later in the tournament, it'll make a big difference. And their average age is they've got one of the older squads, but that's that's where it counts because these players aren't going to be overawed by a situation. You know, I honestly think they should be, I think they are, oh no, I think Brazil are favourites. So, you know, I think there's every opportunity for Messi to go out on top and nothing would surprise me that if he won this, that, you know, he'd turn around next year, once his season's over for PSG, then he just hangs up the boots and goes, I've done it. What else do I have to complete? You know, I think mm. that he'll want to finish on a high note and I think this is the perfect opportunity. And there's a few players I think that if Argentina were to win this, would go out on the exact same notes. You've still got Mascarano around the place <laughs> at that squad. I think he'd call it quits. You've still got, you know, I think Di Maria is definitely coming towards the end. These, these guys are not going to go around, be around forever, and I think they all want to end on a high. And the reality is they've all been on this, you know, journey together, rea- realistically speaking. And I just think that, yeah, there's it's the perfect footballing story, isn't it? It's it's the fairy tale. Mm. Yep, absolutely. It's, um, it's 36 matches right, again, uh, he's, he's really primed for it, this World Cup. The whole team is uh, really. Al, do you, do you agree? And... If so, do you, who do you reckon can best rival Argentina at this tournament? 
Um, no, I actually agree. They're, they're, they're my favourites, definitely. Um, I think Jack said they're unbeaten. Unbeaten since 2019. Mm. Uh, it's crazy, that. Yeah, 36 uh, matches also, out. I just read. There we go. 36 matches, mental. I mean, we, and we'll talk about defence as well. I think, to be honest with you, they, they've got the strongest. Look at centre-halves. It's a big um, a big battle there. They've got the, the, the strongest there. They've got, you know, you're right, you said the five foot three defender United. <laughs> Um, and, and they've got Christian Romero who apparently has been injured the last four games uh, but he's he's back healthy yeah. ready to play yeah. um, so I think Argentina are going to be up there I don't I actually think if you can c- compare the two Argentina and Brazil Brazil obviously got that attacking talent but they've got a couple of nearly 40 year olds in the squad yeah. in their defence right so I don't think they've got a, a strong a strong enough defence to, to win it in my opinion but I probably might be wrong um, I'm not <laughs> no, no, you're not. But, um... but also, sorry, we're going back to Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. The greatest of all time is Maradona, by far. But any, 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 well, you know, you, there's no one else. It's it, interesting you, you say that. But if Messi does win the World Cup, does he overtake Maradona's legacy? How many How many World Cups did Maradona win? Was it just the one? It's it, just the one. Yeah. Just the one. Yeah, but he was. He's pretty impressive. Oh, of course, in terms of um, ability. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's a good debate and you're, you're probably right. And it, you, you touched on Brazil and, in fact, it, it's a good segue into um, our next topic. I, I personally have Brazil as my favourites, but I think it'll be – I'm hoping for a Brazil-Argentina final. Um, I think that would be one of the biggest – um, finals on paper. It's a promoter's dream, that one. Um, and speaking do you, of... Do you think, um, sorry, Nick, to cut you off. Do you think Bobby Firmino will be uh, the top goal scorer? <laughs> no, I don't because he's not in the tournament, Mitch, but I'm glad you... Oh, uh, sorry, I, just me assume that. That. I assume that's why you'd be supporting uh, Brazil because he was there. Sorry, my mistake. But do you know who I think... Mitch, Mitch, you'll make friends there though, isn't he? In the, in yes, the and that's why they're not my favourites. Scary that. Well, hey, did Bobby Firmino's wife's grandparents ever live in Australia at any stage or does he have any distant relationships in Australia? Is it too late for us to try and get him in our squad? Oh, no, if anything like Nick says every chance. <laughs> It'd be a pretty handy addition, Jack, that's for sure. Um, but on, on your point, Mitch, uh, I do think uh, the goalkeeper of the tournament will be Allison. So there, uh, just to make you happy, I'll, I'll leave that one there. Um, but I, I, you, you said that their defense isn't strong, Al, but they do have um, some experience in there with Marquinhos and I know a couple of older ones with... Um, uh, Tiago Silva and Danny Alves. I'm not sure if Danny Alves will be starting for them, but it, it, it's solid. And then they've got one of the best keepers in the world in Allison. And if he goes down, then they've got Edison. It's just some unreal depth, but it, it, it's the midfield um, that impresses me the most uh, with, you know, Casemiro, Bruno Gamares, who, who is one of the best midfielders in the world at the moment. He's playing out of his skin at uh, Newcastle. Um, and then obviously Neymar, who I think is one of the most disrespected footballers of all time. I, I, I honestly 
believe that he's maybe top three in the world at the moment and people just don't give him enough respect, maybe because he flops around a bit too much. Um, he's playing in France, maybe that um, people don't focus on that league as much and don't give him the um, the acknowledgement that he probably deserves. But um, I, I think he's got a point to prove in this World Cup. Um, obviously, in 2014, that was the one that um, – that World Cup went begging for for Brazil. Um, obviously, he got injured, Neymar, in that semi-final. Then they got embarrassed in, in, in their own backyard to Germany in that 7-2 loss. Uh, couldn't really put it together in the last World Cup as well. But they've, they've got some – they've got a good mix of experience and youth. They've got Martinelli coming in, um, Vinicius Jr., who is, again, one of the best wingers in the, in the world. Gabriel Jesus, who's in form, Rodrigo in form. Um, I just think, like like Argentina, Wait, Richarlison. That's right. Uh, I wouldn't say he's in form. I don't think he's got a Premier League goal to his name. Am I? I don't know. Does he? I don't think so. No, that's, no, no. You're right. You're right. He's been injured. He has well, been injured. No, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect him. But uh, Firmino would have been handy. Yes. <laughs> He actually scores a lot more goals than Jesus for Brazil yeah. as well in the league. But I think that's not Jesus' um, his role. Like that's that's not what he's that's not what he's done at Arsenal. It's not what he did at City. He's that link play. What scoring goals? He's the link play. You look at what he does. What he does for no, Arsenal scored, leading in is so important, well. and you'll do the exact same for Brazil. He's, the Brazil's wingers will outscore the striker. I actually don't think he'll play that in many games. To me. Be honest with you, he hasn't been playing in the lead, no. in the qualifiers or the lead up to any of that. But he'll be he'll be link play if he if assuming depending on what, obviously what formation and everything else they choose to go with because I would hate to be trying to fit in the amount of forwards they've got into a starting lineup. But the reality is he'll be he'll be link play depending on where he comes in. I don't expect him to score a bag full of goals, but I expect him to be involved heavily in the build up. And yeah. that's there's nothing wrong with having a striker that isn't an out and out nine because. Well, if Bobby was in the team, he would be doing the exact same job of, as, as link play. He wouldn't be there to score 20 goals and not in the World Cup, but six goals in the World Cup. He'd be there to link a few and, yeah, he'll, he's guaranteed to score one because he's, yeah. he's, he's there. But it's the link play that's most important. And realistically, when you look at the midfield and how they'll most likely line up, you know, Casemiro will arguably start, Gamera as well obviously start. And I think really realistically that last uh, position becomes between Piquetta and Fabino, but... You know, having a mm. nine that's going to drop in a bit more and receive is probably going to be more beneficial. So, I think that's where Jesus will be important. Um, and uh, there we go. There it is. <laughs> a bit delayed there. I'm just putting it out there, man. And I, I actually, I've, I've, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of surprised there. You say about link, link up play, but Arsenal brought him, brought him to score goals. Yeah, and, but he's, but he's done that. But also, yeah, guess what? Arsenal goals. are on top of the league, and he has, he's not the top goal scorer. He's not even in the top three. Yeah. They're, they're putting, no, they're getting him in the way, and guess what he plays? Because Arteta knows his value. But, yeah, but he's also had a few chances. Oh, hundred percent. He could, he could so have I'm a saying, lot more. I don't think. I actually don't think he plays. Richarlison plays. He's ahead. not the best finisher, but I, I, <laughs> you are right, Mitch, in the, um, by saying. I mean, he he's a false knight. He, he plays better as a link up type of striker and he's going to be key when, when you've got the two best wingers in the world in your side with Neymar and Vinicius Jr. You don't need a number nine. You don't need a big number nine in the center. Um, as long as, you know, he can take some of the, uh, some of the, um, I guess, attention away from those two Y players, then I think Brazil will do just fine. So, mm. 
um, again, really, really hoping for that um, uh, that final between Brazil and um, Brazil and Argentina. But one more, one more favourite I want to talk about before we get into some of the predictions um, is England, your team, Al. And this is going to be interesting. I want to know from you, how far can this England team go? Uh, do you know what? We've just come off uh, like a poor Nations. I know we can't really look into it too much. Nations League mm-hmm. campaign. You know, they, they finished winless in their six games. Uh, Jack, we were talking about before, they lost against Hungary uh, 4-0 and I think they lost another one. So, you know, again, it was the end of the season. You shouldn't look too much into it. And it's it's good to have less expectation. Right. I don't think, I mean, you talk to anyone, any England fan, especially the ones in Qatar at the moment, I've just, you've seen them all, you know, yes. celebrating the, the yeah. you know, all the, all the players coming off, off the plane yeah. and stuff like that. You know, they've got, they've got a good fan base over there. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, to be honest with you, we're talking about centre-halves. And, you know, they've got great attacking talent. Their defence looks suspect. I mean, we know everyone takes a piss out of Maguire, rightly so. He does play well for England, but he hasn't played this, this no. season, really. You know, last game, I think we played up front for yeah. United. Um, and you've also got Dyer. I mean, I don't even know who's going to play in that, in the, in the, in that as a formation. They're going to play three at the back with Dyer. I mean, you know, if they're playing against, we were talking about the Brazilian team, talking about the Argentinian team, you play against them in the, the latter stages of the uh, the tournament, you know, it's it's going to be quite embarrassing, I think. Um, so, I think they'll get out of the group, uh, but it'll be a bit of a struggle to be honest with you. I don't have. I'm, I know I'm quite pessimistic, mm. but um, you know, it's we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you can read too much into the Nations League. Like, obviously, the mentality changes when you walk into a World Cup, but that defense does look. <laughs> Error prone with, like you said, Maguire, Dyer, Alexander Arnold's cop criticism, Pickford, um, uh, and then obviously you got Reese James missing in that team as well. Tamori was um, looked over in the selection. So it does look a bit suspect, but um, you look at England's last two tournaments semi final in the last World Cup, and then obviously the final in the Euros. And when you've got a player like Harry Kane at the front of your line and Raheem Sterling um, and just the quality in attack, really, Foden, James Madison, it's endless. So uh, I think they'll go far. I think semifinals at least, but uh, they, they can easily make the finals. Do you agree, Jack? Do you have much of a, uh, a strong opinion on, on the English? Do, do you want to give off Al some optimism? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think um, I think the English community and people are really putting the expectations down strategically mm. because I think they're, they're, they're more concerned about being let down and disappointed. Um, yeah, I know the, the centre-halves aren't great and there's a couple of little niggling injuries and Reese James is a big loss, but, I mean, what, quarterfinals, last World Cup, we just missed out in penalty, um, in penalty shootout in the Euros, like, the team, it's a very similar team and they're only getting more experienced. So if you're looking at that trajectory, you would think that they're primed for this World Cup. 
Um, and I think that yes, it wasn't the, the qualifying and the the um, nations. It wasn't the most impressive performances, but they seem to be able to do it on the big stage. That these individuals who will be playing in Qatar. So I think they will get down to the the last four sides, um, but I just don't think they'll be able to make it into the final. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the centre halves. It's like a, a, a good defence wins the World Cup, and if you look at their defence compared to some other sides like Argentina that we went through before in great detail, they're, they're just nowhere near yeah. as strong. Yeah, fair point, Mitch. Do you have anything to add to that? Oh, look, we're, we're speaking about this defence, and I, I just some of the players they opted to take, like Kyle Walker, came out of surgery a couple of months ago, and he's on the plane uh and you know you might say oh look he's there for experience but you're wasting a world cup space on a player that's not going to play you had like smallings in in, in tomorrow he's been in good form like there's there's plenty of other defenders around the world in different leagues outside of the premier league who would have thought uh that can actually and and are doing well and they've just been completely overlooked and not only that you go okay well Maguire is he going to be around for the next world cup you wouldn't say so at this stage dire Correct me if I'm wrong, Al, but he's definitely getting up there in high 20s, is he? Yeah, 29. Yeah, 30, so really, if you come around the next World Cup, you wouldn't take a, take a young and up-and-coming you know, defender and give him the exposure. England, England can afford to. They probably know already who they're going to start with, and if they don't, well, it's a whole other ball game. Um, but the reality is is it's, it's going to be defensively, it's going to be interesting. You know, Do they play five in the back to, to really allow their wing backs to go forward? Um, and then that way they don't have to stress too much. But then, geez, who, who's your combo at the back? Is it going to be Maguire, Stones, and mm. Dyer or Cody? And Dyer. Like, it's, yeah, you can't put Connor Cody on there either. I mean, it's all And we, this, this is what we're talking about. We're just talking about defenders that are going to throw themselves at the ball and try and, I was going to say, use their head, but we saw how well that ended for Dyer. But it's just, I, I just don't know. I think Kieran Trippier could really lead the line um, uh, for them. And I think he's almost the the most key player for England because he's got to play well defensively to get them a chance. And, you know, going forward, him and Kane could form quite a nice little partnership um, and create a lot of opportunity. You've got Ben White in there as well. So he can slot in across um, normally back four, but, I mean, he could put, he could put him in there. And he's obviously doing well for well, – I think we've also seen City use uh, Calvin Phillips as a centre-back at stages as well. So we can really see it. Yeah. Yeah. A very interesting squad. But I just I just don't know what they're going to do. I think, you know, look at the midfield-wise, they've got quite a nice midfield and a young midfield. You know, I think Gallagher is a great, you know, maybe not for this World Cup, but for the upcoming ones, I think awesome opportunity. Foden, awesome opportunity to really blood and give opportunity. I, I think if they come out and go, we're going to start with Henderson, I know the World Cup's about winning it right now. But as far as I'm concerned, Calvin Phillips is going to do just as nice a job as, as Henderson would in the midfield. Well, Calvin Phillips hasn't played all season either. I'd, I'd say you That's because he's at City behind, no, you know. Yeah, it's another one. <laughs> if you're not getting a gig at City, it doesn't make you a bad player. No, but injuries, of course, he's been he's, – he's had a few issues. Oh, of course. That, but he's, he's, yeah. he's been hampered, but not terribly to the degree of he hasn't been at it. He's not been – it's like he's not been mobile. Kyle Walker was literally <laughs> in, in a hospital bed not long ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, I, yeah. know, I find that one the most confusing. They're going to need to score more goals. Yeah. They're going to need to score more goals than the other team. They're not going to win one nils, you know. It's going to be two threes and so on. And they, if they, you know, maybe they can do it. Um, so we, we'll see. There's, I, I just think our, I, I, and I, 
you know, you, you're not too optimistic about the English and, that, and that's fair enough and I can sense that. But, like, I think that's just because like, I think there is a fair bit more to be excited about than what you think. And I know that's a weak point, but there's plenty of excitement in attacking options and, you know, the likes of Grealish coming off the bench, um, the experience there in the middle of the park. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I have England as my better bet, so I had them at good odds. So I'll I'll be with you for every game now. We should come into the office and watch them. That's it. Thanks, Jack, mate. I appreciate <laughs> that. There's another another player as well that we, we haven't mentioned. Is Jude I was going to bring him up. He's, he's one to look forward to. He's not sure. coming to Liverpool, Nick. Move on. That's why you didn't mention him straight away. Yeah, I think he. I think that's what why why Nick. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm sure. always, that's I'm the only reason Nick. I've always loved him. I've always loved him. Um, I followed him closely the last. He's always few. been a strong, true, passionate Englishman. You know, <laughs> loves his English players. I do, well, I, yeah, I've, I've played a lot of football manager and FIFA over my time, Mitch. So I, it's fair to say I've got a good understanding of some of their potential. But <laughs> no, I think, um, yeah, Bellingham is certainly one. Obviously, heading into this World Cup, he's had he's been quality the last couple of seasons. But uh, the start of this season, he's had for Dortmund, especially in the Champions League. He's been scoring goals from midfield. He could be one that really lights this tournament up and. He, it does look like he might be on the move uh, in the next uh, summer transfer window in Europe. So um, this could really make his um, a, a good tournament here would shoot his market value up through the roof. So I'm expecting it. Yeah. Oh, I'm really excited to see some of the – the next, the next world's best come through this World Cup. Um, and I feel like maybe because of COVID, we've missed out on seeing a lot of these players come through. But, you know, the changing of the guard, so to speak, like your Bellingham and Foden from England and Gavi and Pedro from Spain and, you know, Brazil and, you know, even Anthony coming through, he should get some minutes. Like there's some world, world-class players that are going to really establish themselves as the next um, global superstars, and I think that's going to be one of the highlights mm, of this Qatar definitely. game. Definitely. Garan Garan uh, Jamal Musiala as well, that English term German player. <laughs> we, we will be getting into our predictions. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be getting into our predictions soon, and one of my questions is uh, which player you reckon will um, take the next step at this World Cup. But before you do, you, you mentioned, uh, Jack, just then the, the highlights of this World Cup. And one of the lowlights, I think, is the amount of players uh, missing through injury. And a lot of it's due to um, not enough recovery time, obviously being placed in the middle of the domestic season. Um, but this is the last World Cup. It might be worth mentioning where there is only 32 teams in the tournament. Next World Cup in America, USA, and um, Mexico, it will be increased to 48 teams. So I want to know what you guys think of that. Personally, though, I think I'm a fan. I think we need more teams uh, at the World Cup. Too many players missing, too many good teams. I know people make fun of Italy missing the World Cup, but they are one of the best teams in the world. They're the European champions. They deserve to be there. But then also missing out, uh, we, we miss players such as um, Haaland for, for Norway, Salah for Egypt. Um, I think Sweden's missing. Nick, Nick, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm going to cut in there. Italy aren't one of the best teams in the world. Otherwise, they'll be there at the World Cup. Who's, who's no, you're right. right. No, Al, I'm sorry. Al, I'm sorry. Everyone deserves a participation award and they deserve a hug and they've all done really, really well because they try. 
And because Come you on. tried, you yeah. deserve to be there. Don't let anyone tell you different, Al. <laughs> you right. try your hardest and you're not good enough. Guess what? You are good enough because you tried. So you get to come along. While we're at it, let's invite every other country that doesn't even play. All right, um, and you know what? All right, guys. Let's, let's, well, give, <laughs> let's give the Samoan cricket team a crack because they like football too. They support it. No. <laughs> you, if you're not a part of the best teams in your I feel like Nick might. <laughs> go on, go on, Jack. I feel like Nick might be on the FIFA payroll here. <laughs> yeah. Wanting, wanting 48 teams and Nick, you, I'm, I'm sure that you're pro having it every two no, years as well. definitely not. Definitely not. And sadly, it's not a well. It needs to stay to okay. four years. It needs to remain Because I'll stop watching it if it's every two years. <laughs> but my point being. What, what is he's saying is there's the not enough Liverpool the players there. No. <laughs> yes, but no. The European qualification <laughs> is and even the african qualification is very cutthroat i think a lot of good teams miss out the netherlands missed out the last world cup al before you cut in you can, that's qualify, that's what the qualifying's all about though isn't no, it it doesn't more, matter if you if you don't get through and and also if you don't beat nor uh, you know macedonia you can't tell me right? al in, in you can't tell me in another you've got another opportunity then you're not, you don't deserve As to happy as Cup. I am to have the Socceroos in this World Cup, you cannot tell me that the Socceroos are a better team than Italy. You cannot tell me they're, they're a better team than Norway or Egypt yeah. or Sweden. Not or, what it's about. Not what it's about. It's, 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 it's like it's not about team. having the best teams and the best players on the world stage competing against each other. That's what we want to see. But okay, Western Western United won the yes. A League, but they're not the best. They're not the best team in Japan because they didn't win the Asian Cup. So does that mean the team that won the Asian Cup is now the best team in the A League too? Because so they've technically won the A League as well. Is that how it works? <laughs> you're confusing if you me don't bit, make it yeah. past your group that you are in, your nation, your um, what whatever you want to call it, you you don't deserve to be in the World Cup. You've got to be the best team in your qualification zone, and if you aren't, you're not coming. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one more group, one more group of four, but another, how many did you say? 48. Is that another 16? Another 16 teams. And it's it's going to be groups yeah, of three. Group of that, that's way that's way too many. Group well, that, of threes. That, that's like, that's not a World Cup finals anymore. It's a just a World Cup group stage two finals. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get some teams that are going to get smashed, like no. five, six goals they they play yeah. enough football as it is right you're, yeah, so you're telling me if, you're telling me Al, if well. italy made this world cup they'd be getting smashed by four or five goals no 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 i'm saying no no i'm not talking about italy i'm talking about other other teams that could potentially get through that aren't in there that aren't good enough italy are uh, we know italy are decent side they were unlucky they shouldn't have lost that game Okay, qualify. But no, even no even the worst but teams of the world the cup don't get smashed. New Zealand's been in the World Cup; they don't get smashed. And Australia is bad as they they've been over the last few years. But if, I just think, yeah, you're right. But if you're opening it up to other teams, it's it gets a little bit. It's like the Champions League. Yeah, we're not going into too much about the Champions League, but you got you got you get more teams in the Champions League. You know, look, look at Rangers, look at Celtic. They shouldn't be in the Champions League, really. But they should be because they qualified. Anyway. Celtic just lost to Sydney FC. So Sydney FC are now replacing um, Celtic in the in the Europa League. Just so we're all aware. One of the biggest 
challenges in sport is keeping things pure at the moment. And to me, it just sounds like more content. For oh, there's absolutely and, a money factor in this. Absolutely. Um, but then again, I yeah. like given the start of the season, Harlan's had. I just, I'd love to see him in this World Cup. I think it was, I think it's criminal that he's not in it because um, he could absolutely light it up. Um, and they, they've got a pretty strong team. Well, he was, he was born in England, so he should be playing for England, right? Shouldn't he? He, he, he could be. Yeah. Or he can come down to Australia, play for the Newcastle Jets for 10 years, and then he could be eligible I'll to play for the If you put maybe. together a, a best 11 of the players that are missing from this World Cup, they could. Probably win the tournament. That's how good it. That's how good it is. Um, but it looks like we're not going to agree here, boys. So we'll, we'll move on to our predictions. And I've already given you my finalists and winners. Uh, I think it'll be Brazil, Argentina. That's what I'm hoping for. And I think Brazil will take it out. But I'll pass the floor over to you, boys. Uh, who wants to kick it off? We'll, we'll start with uh, Mitch. We'll go from left to right on my screen. So Mitch, who do you have as your finalists and your winner? Um, uh, look, as long as, it, as long as it can actually be done, um, yeah. Brazil, Argentina will probably be is the final I think everyone wants to see and I think is most likely. Um, and Argentina win it. Argentina, yeah. Al, you, you said you think Argentina will win it as well, but who do you have facing them in the final? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go if it does happen. I'd, uh, what about this? Argentina versus Portugal. That'd be great, isn't it? Again, another promoter's dream. That would be good. the greatest of all yeah. time. Will Ronaldo be banned um, and then storm off? I wonder. They're, they're good enough, Portugal. They they've got the banned. players, um, but it, it's just a question now mm. of um, how much has this Ronaldo interview? influenced or affected uh, ha- had a negative impact on the national team. You saw that little video go viral of um, Bruno Fernandes snubbing his handshake. Um, Mate, it's fake news. It's just fake, fake news. news. It's bringing up all these clips just to try to <laughs> It's just fake. It's totally fake. Well, there you go. There's nothing to there. Be fair, There's nothing there. I don't to be fair though, Al, Nick, Nick didn't Nick didn't talk to us for a week after we ganged up on him on the last EPL podcast. So maybe there is more to it. What are you talking about? There. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Look, I do think Brazil, Argentina as well, but it's a, a bit boring with sort of gone that. So I've gone for Brazil. I'm saying that there will be the. Um, the champion, so um, Brazil, and I think, uh, yeah, no, I'm just going to go Brazil, yeah. Argentina. Uh, like, I'm not going to try and come up with. I, I think, like I said, England will be in the in the final four. Um, so Brazil, Argentina, England, and then um, there might be an outsider amongst that, and we can go yeah, into that yeah, later. Yeah, for sure. Good segue, actually. Do and we'll start with you, Jack. We may as well. Um, dark horses for the tournament. Who do you have? Wales. Wales. Mm. As in, a, like a top four candidate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every- I like this. Yeah. 
Potentially, yeah. Uh, maybe not. Look, maybe not top four, okay. but top eight. Um, I, I, I'm just. I think everyone's going to say Switzerland and Denmark, or maybe um, Cameroon. They're pretty popular. Sort of. I wanted to go someone a bit more of a, an outsider, um, and I think Wales. I think they've got. They've got some pretty good players and experienced players, and they, they seem to be a really proud and patriotic group of footballers. And they have not been in a World Cup for for a very, very long time. And I think that they might just be able to um, do something special. I like it. And again, probably yeah, top, top opponent. Yeah, in England's in England's group as well. Sorry, Nick, I was just saying England group. If they get to that, if they don't win those two, first two games, and we've got Wales at the end of that last last game, it's yeah. going to be tricky. You would say, yeah, every player knows. Each, Definitely each agree. And Bale always seems to lift mm. when he plays for his national team as well. So, and this will be his last World Cup, you'd think. So. Yeah, definitely uh, one to watch. I, I really like that um, shout, Mitch. What about you? Can I go? Can I have two? Yep, you can have as many as you want. I can have as many as I'd like. Well, then I'd like to pick thirty-two teams. No, um, I, I reckon I mentioned it earlier Denmark. Um, yep. I just think there's something about that squad, and, and there's something to be said about a really good team of players, uh, mm-hmm. a really good squad. But the other one who I think sort of been overlooked lately is is Spain. They're still they're still got a very good team. Um, you know, defensively, obviously you've got Carvajal, you've got Eric Garcia, who's young and quality. How um, Torres, Laporte, Jordi Alaba, going to their midfield, they've got the experience of Basquez. They've got Rodrigo, who incredible for City, Gavi, who's young and up and coming, Lorente, Pedri, Pedri, sorry, and then. You know, forward-wise, Fernand Torres, who we all said can play, Nico Williams, you know, Marata's there, Asensio, and Sufati. There's a good group of young players there that they can add a good mix of experience in key areas of the field that why couldn't they? And, you know, they've been in – all of these players have had decent parts of form as well. And I think, you know, even keeping-wise, David Ray has been in good form in the Prem. So why mm-hmm. not? Yeah, I, I like it. I, they're definitely uh, – it's one of the, the youngest teams that they've taken to a World Cup and least experience. It's a very new-look Spain side, but you can't ever write them off, um, especially for a top four spot or something like that. They can turn it on whenever they want. They just have the quality. So a good shout. Al, what about you? Yeah, it's a tough one because I think I think Spain, they've gone under the under the radar – uh, and also Belgium. I know they say about the golden, the golden age. You know, this yeah. is the team. They haven't won anything, but they still seem to be rated as mm. you know, one of the top teams in the world um, in the rankings. But yeah, also Germany. Ah, it'd be a struggle for them, but they have got some decent players, yeah. young players. But I just, yeah, I don't, th- don't think they'll be there. I'm going to put actually. I'm going to put the three. Why not to chuck their meeting to get through the group stage, yeah. drawing against France. Being Tunisia, here we go. Yeah, that's the that's the sort of positive. That's the, no, that's the sort of positivity we need on this podcast. Um, I'm actually going to go for someone. That's Alan. I just yeah. I I give England a bit of a pump up. Al gives Sorry, the Jack, soccer a bit of a pump up. I was just saying that's just us uh, working together. I give England a bit of a pump up, give you a bit of optimism, and you know you return. That's it, exactly. 
I'm high fiving. Then we're going to do it. We're, we're going to do it. We're all going to get through the stages. Group stage. That is the positivity we need on this podcast, boys. I really like that. Um, I'm going to go for someone different, and it's the team in orange, the Netherlands. I, I just think this is Will uh, Van Dyke's first ever. Uh, oh, there it is. First, there it is. Let's move on. Let's move on. No, it's it. Look. Ever since he really hit the scene as a world-class player, he's missed out on the Euros through injury. He missed out on the last World Cup because they didn't qualify. Um, and we talk about how defense can be – is a massive thing um, in in World Cups and international tournaments. Um, they've got yeah. it. They've got it with Van Dyke, um, world-class. He's They've got uh, De Ligt. They've got um, Nathan Ake. Uh, also the young player uh, – what's his name? Uh, Jury and Timber as well. So th- th- they've got they've got the defense they've got the defense sorted. They've got the midfielders. They've got Gravenberch, Frankie Dion, quality players. They've got the attack: uh, Memphis Depay, Stephen Bergwijn, um, Cody Gakpo, another young player. Do they though? Sorry. Yeah. Is their attack? I don't think their attack is is that solid compared to to other teams. Like Bergwijn, he's a bit hit and miss. Memphis Depay, he's he's not that great at club level, but I think I don't know. So I don't no, know. No, I, I think they um they they tend to lift um for their nation though. I, I think um uh what's his name? Sorry, I just had a mental blank. Um, Jeez. bloody Depay. Sorry, uh, Depay. He's one of those players yeah. that lifts when he plays for his nation. So, um. I don't know. I, I feel like they could be that team that scrapes out the one nils, uh, the one nil wins, and rely heavily on their defence. They've got the big striker just to play, you know, long ball to in uh, a pod favourite, a former pod favourite. Sorry, uh, Wout Weghurst. Um, yes, and obviously they've got Javi Simmons. They've got Javi Simmons who tore apart um, Arsenal not that long ago. It's true. Well. So yeah. a very true. exciting young player in, in Javi Simmons. They've got some ridiculous young talent. Whether it- and one to watch. Yep. Oh, so I was just going to say one to watch for the the uh, Netherlands side will be uh, their coach Louis Van Gaal. Mm. He, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but he's uh, has prostate cancer at the moment. I think he's actually filming a documentary, and the players were all uh, only made aware of this quite recently. Um, there will be an extra bit of emotive piece to to them and being at this World Cup with with his current condition and um, and on a side note to the football as well, he is um, very concerned around the World Cup being in Qatar and the things that um, are happening over there and the conditions and he just seems like uh, I just reckon his press conferences are going to be very interesting. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and he's, he's another one with that experience. Um, it's not his first World Cup either for the Netherlands. So, yeah, team to watch for sure. Um, golden boot winners, boys. Let's go through these rather quickly. We are running out of time a bit, but uh, let's go around the grounds. Golden boot winners, Mitch. Uh, let's go for... I thought you did your homework before this podcast. <laughs> no, because I'm still tossing it up because yeah. a part of me is going to go Kane and then I'm like... I just he'll score a lot of goals, but it's just how deep England go. Whereas a player like Messi, we know will be there. Well, we yeah. can assume will be there till the later stages. And if he can grab two in the group stages, it just sets him up for a nice run. So Messi. Yep. Al. 
Um, well, Kane won it last time, didn't he? He did. So the golden boot. He did. He scored quite a few penalties in yeah. that run. Uh, so can he get it? Uh, maybe no. Uh, yeah. No, I'm going to go with Latoro Martinez. Argentina. I like it. Okay. And and Jack. Um, oh, look, I think Kane's a big chance, but Lukaku is likely to score a fair few goals in the um, in the group stages. I think they have a pretty easy group. So if he can get four goals in the group stages and, you know, and they play for a couple more games, he's going to be a good yeah, chance. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's got a handy player passing him the ball too. Very handy. <laughs> he's the, and Lukaku is the epitome of a flat track bully. Um and I say that with respect. He's a quality quality number nine. Um, but I'm going to go Harry Kane. I think England will at least make it to the semis and he'll probably score a majority of their goals. Um, player of the tournament, though, I'll probably have to lean towards Messi. What about you, Mitch? Messi or Neymar? Messi. Ooh, Messi. Messi. Yeah. Because let's, let's be honest here. If we know anything about FIFA, is they're the most um, even <laughs> and um, unbiased company um, ever. So if Argentina win the World Cup and Messi scores the most goals, then Messi will win everything that is possible. He might even win young player of the tournament. <laughs> uh, I highly doubt it, but ooh, yeah. <laughs> you can't write him off. That's your point, and I agree. Um, Al. Can't go with Messi, can we? I mean, I did put Messi down before, but I mean, that's... We are allowed like, to agree, Al. I know we don't agree much, but we can agree. It is it is okay. Yeah, I know, but it's just too obvious, isn't it? It's too obvious. He might... He, had a, he, he was the player of the tournament in the last mm. World Cup, right? He lost it in it's, the final. It's like betting on black caviar. Still you're not going to make much money, but you're right. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go with... Uh, I like it. No, no. Uh, he, he could very well be, um, in all honesty. He could definitely be young player of the tournament. Um, he's 19, so he qualifies as an under 21-year-old. Um, uh, yeah. Actually, I, I want to retract my my decision on Messi. I'm going to go Neymar because I think they're going to win the World Cup. So I'm going to go Neymar. <laughs> Jack, what about you? Yeah, well, um, on ours, uh, Bellingham, I, I have him as the sort of best young player under 21 for sure. But yeah. um, I think that depending on which haircut he opts for, I think Phil Foden is going to have a really good World Cup. I think he's got the right um, temperament and um, mindset to really, um, you know, be England's aggressor and most consistent player this tournament and get them to the the final four. Yep. I think it could be. I think you might be right there. It could be. It could be one of those players like a Paul Gascoigne at Italian ninety got to the semi-finals. England came on the scene. If he doesn't play well, then England don't play yeah. well. Yeah. Very. I think Jack, but. Um, Good yeah. point. Yep, agreed. Good point. Um, how, how about players that fly under the radar um, but 
you know, announce themselves on the biggest stage. We had in 2014, James Rodriguez. We kind of knew he was a, he was an okay player, but it was that World Cup that got him his move to Real Madrid. Cherishev, not so much post the tournament in 2018, but he was so good for Russia in, um, in 2018. And, um, yeah, he came from nowhere. So who do we have underlined as in this World Cup as a player to watch out for? Maybe not take... Uh, the award home for, you know, player of the tournament, but he'll surprise a few. Start with you again, Mitch. I, look, I think there's a few, I think, and it's not taking the ball by storm because everyone knows who he is because he came through the La Masia and was obviously famous for a move to PSG, but Javi Simmons seems to be in scary form at the moment um, yeah. and seems to be looking really comfortable. And, you know, we mentioned that we spoke about the Dutch side briefly and, he could be a real key part of that and a, a key cog. And if he's going to, you know, help lead that team, well, then there's no reason that he won't be, you know, have his name in the mix and he won't be announcing himself because, as I said, we're pretty aware of who he is, but he could really come onto the stage even more and you have to say, oh, he's going to get another big move. Well, he's actually made a smart move and going to PSV and I can't see him leaving just yet, but there's no doubt that the bigger clubs, again, will be after him. Yeah. Um, the other one who's, you know, saying that, oh, he's going to light the world on fire, um, and we meant, I've mentioned him before, but Gabi, like he's at Barcelona already, so we already know he can play. He's already one of the biggest clubs, blah, blah, blah. But there's still probably skeptics out there going, yeah, but that's because he he plays, you know, tiki-taka football. He just suits their style. He's not a world beater. Yeah. Well, he could really light this stage on fire and, you know, so could Pedri from that Spanish mm. team. Um, I think the other player that I think will help uh, ignite the excitement around his name is the Australian uh, growing call. I just think... There'd be a lot of English Premier League fans that aren't Newcastle United fans that don't quite believe the hype or know who he is. Yeah. Well, he's got his opportunity now and, and I think he'll be used in a very similar role to how he's used at Central Coast now and just, you know, maybe come on for the last 20, 30 minutes and try and upset the norm and, and make something happen. So I think they're my three to keep an eye on. Yep. Al? Um. We didn't go for best young player, did we? But I mean, I had, I was going to say under the radar, probably Jamal Musiala. Again, I mentioned him before. Yeah. Um, he's that young 19 year old. I think he'll be quality. Yeah. For Germany, that, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, Spain as well, yeah. same as Mitch. But also, Argentina, we've got to have a player in there, Martinez again. So we've got three. Which, which Martinez? <laughs> which doesn't really work out, does it? Oh, Latara, the, the one that I said he's going to go through. Yeah, he's a striker. I think he'll come on. Yeah. I think he'll be right. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, good shout. Um, and Jack? Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I think Christian Pulisic for USA could play really well in the group stages. Um, a little bit conflicting because I've gone with Wales to be the dark horse. So that would mean that with England in that group and that would mean that um, USA wouldn't go past the group stages. So that probably doesn't give someone enough games to announce themselves on the world stage. But um, I do like Christian Pulisic um, and and I think Dan, Dan James for Wales um, could really excite on the as a wide striker as well for them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're my two who I think might come out of this and might either have a bit of a pay rise or, or, um, or a 
her transfer to get some more. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Dan James, he's at Fulham now, but um, you know, he's moved around a bit. Yeah. So we shall see. But I think Christian Pulisic should be getting more game time in, in club football. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I'll keep mine short and sweet. I'm going to go Garen Kjol. I'm wearing my green and gold, so I'll support him. I think he'll learn himself a start at some point and he'll have a good group stage. Um and I, I'm more of a, I'm more hoping for that rather than um, thinking he will. Obviously, the odds are against him against some tough opposition, but I think he's definitely one to look out for. But um, you're right, Al. Earlier, we did miss the um, the young player of the uh, tournament. We did touch on. Bellingham, who I'd probably have as my shout for young player of the tournament. But was there anyone else that um, uh, could announce himself? It's a bit of a similar award in some sense, but again, has to be under 21 years old. So do we have anyone else, Mitch? I echo the same three, Xavi, Pedri, Gavi as my young players. Yeah, definitely. Garvey is entering that tournament as an eighteen-year-old as well, so it's it's so young, and yeah, I think we forget on like, how just an achievement that is. Yeah, yeah. And Al, what I've said before, yeah. Jamal Musiala. Yeah. yeah, I know Germany aren't, aren't expected to do much. But he's 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 a quality yeah. player. Yeah, that wraps up our preview for the World Cup, boys. Thanks for joining in, and thank you for the listeners uh, for coming along as well. Um, and a reminder: you can follow all the action in Guitar on the EPL Live World Cup Edition app and A League app as well. And we'll be back again next week to unpack some of the group stage action. But boys, until then, sit back and enjoy the football. <laughs>